It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. You know, I'm the talent. Right, of course. Except I'm the talent. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show on this Monday. A couple debates coming up this evening. Brian Kemp, Stacey Abrams down in Georgia. J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan going at it again tonight in Ohio. Mike Lee and Evan McMullen in Utah. Those are all this evening. Senate debate in Florida is tomorrow, and another gubernatorial debate in Oregon coming up Wednesday. That's one where the Republicans really have a shot at winning. We'll keep an eye on all of those and all of the races out there as we do every day. Hardcore politics for the next 22 days heading into the midterm elections. If you miss an episode, you miss a lot. GuyBensonShow.com, our website, podcast is always free. Catch me tonight on Kennedy on Fox Business Network. We're going to be talking about a number of the big races in the country this evening. Myself and the great lady. Don't miss that. Just after 7 p.m. Eastern again, that's FBN. Before we get to the topic that I teased before the break, I have to confess something to the audience and specifically to producer Christine. So on Saturday night, as I mentioned earlier in the hour, I was in Athens, Georgia, watching the UGA game against Vanderbilt. Northwestern was off. We had a bye week, so blessedly we couldn't lose. It has not been going well. So watched a winning team actually take care of business easily. Vanderbilt actually reminded me quite a bit of my own team, watching how that game played out. In any case, after the game, we had been tailgating throughout the day. We caught the end of the Alabama-Tennessee conclusion, and then we were going to head back home to our friend's house, We were all exhausted, kind of hungry, didn't really want to do much, didn't want to go anywhere, so it was suggested, how about pizza? I said, okay, that sounds great. We'll pick it up on the way home, no problem. So I was going to call in the order to one of their local places down there, and we ended up ordering two pies, and on one of them, I'm just going to say I got outvoted, and so yes, on one of these pizzas, There was pineapple, and I paid for it, and I even had some of it. Now, was it my favorite? No. Was I hungry where I was like, you know, I'll scarf down a slice of this? Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's just not, in my mind, really pizza. But the fact that I had two good friends in the car requesting pineapple on pizza was extremely disturbing to me. And, Christine, I just wanted you to have the satisfaction to know that that occurred. I am smiling from ear to ear right now. I knew the minute you said food confession, it was going to be pineapple on pizza. So now you have your best friend who loves it and your other like two eh, so-so friends that love it. I mean, just get on board. Now we just got to get YY and Dan Dan. No, it's I'm not on board. I had it. Like, it's not inedible. It's just not something not. that I would really want to go out of my way to have. But I was not going to be the one to pull rank. I was in no position to do so and say, no, you guys like this, so we're not ordering it. So anyway, I just needed to put that out there into the world. The other thing that we were talking about in our text message chain earlier today before our planning call, I think, did you get it rolling, I think, Christine, and then Dan mentioned it as well. I'm not sure if Wyatt has gotten on board yet, but there's a show on Netflix called The Watcher. And last night, Adam and I were having dinner. We were watching the latest episode of The Great British Bake Off, And then it sort of popped up as a preview, this show. And we watched the trailer, and we looked at each other and said, well, I think we need to watch this now. It looks like a psychological thriller. So we binge-watched about half of the series last night. And we're going to try to make some more headway tonight. And about midway through the first episode, because I had seen they put up on the screen this based on a true story. Then I realized I had read a long article about this. And it was at least similar enough where I sort of said maybe this is where they've inspired the plot line and sort of the fictional series here. So I went back and I found the article, skimmed back through it and said, yeah, this was it. 
it seems like they've taken massive creative liberties to turn this into a much bigger, like, you know, scary type thing with a lot of details that bear no resemblance to what happened in real life. But it is at least rooted in something that really did happen in a town called Westfield, New Jersey, a fairly well-to-do suburban New Jersey town outside New York City. There was a big house purchased by a couple, and right before the couple was scheduled to move in, and the family, these mysterious letters started showing up that were sort of threatening and menacing to the family, and signed the watcher, someone was watching the house, some details about the family in the house that were sort of disturbing. The previous owner said they had not gotten these letters until they got one at the very, very end around or after the sale, and then the letters really started piling up for the new family. They were too scared to move in. They ended up never moving in in real life, and there was a big mystery who'd done it, who was sending these letters, and why. And there were a bunch of theories as to who might be responsible for that. I believe in real life the mystery remains unresolved. This show, The Watcher on Netflix, takes that kernel of a true story and turns it into something a lot more dramatic and scary so we're sort of plowing through it i would say i'm enjoying it for the most part dan you were a thumbs up on this one right yeah i liked it a lot this is right up my alley i love kind of like the mystery stories and i love bobby cannavale and naomi watts as actors so i really loved it i thought it was really good pretty well done and scary as heck yeah i mean it definitely is a little bit creepy from time to time and they introduce a bunch of potential culprits and you're kind of suspicious of almost everyone, at least you know, speaking for myself as I'm three episodes in. Dan, without any spoilers, do they resolve it at the end? Without any spoilers, um, it gets resolved in certain ways, but not really. So, no. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Because yeah. in real life, my understanding is no actual resolution. We'll see what they come up with in this Netflix version. Christine, you also have watched this, but you are not a fan of it. No, I watched it this weekend. I'm about five episodes in. We watched uh, Bobby and my in-laws came down from Boston this weekend, so we all watched it. And I don't know. We just, all of us had a consensus that it was not well done. The acting seemed fake. I don't it just didn't seem real. I felt like the main character was the wrong guy for this series and I just I just it's not even scary to me, which is shocking because I'm terrified of everything. See, I kind of don't really believe that. I feel like this is your coping mechanism to say oh it's so unrealistic because deep down Cookie's like I'm never buying a house again because I there's going to be a watcher and the watcher's going to terrorize my family and send me to an insane asylum. That's sort of how I'm picturing your response, your reaction. You're playing it cool for the radio. Like, oh, no, I'm not scared at all. But tonight at home, you'll be like in the fetal position, rocking back and forth as you go out to check your mailbox, terrified that there's a watcher. No, no. (laughs) And by the way, this is very, very close to me. Um, I dare I say the town next door to me. So, uh, no. Did, I, not I'm scared. not buying it, and I'm not scared. Didn't okay. freak me out at all. So I have a new theory. You said this town is very close to where you live? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very. Maybe you're not scared of the Watcher because you no, know who the don't. Watcher is, let's say. <laughs> you are, are the you Watcher? Going? Are you accusing me of being the Watcher? Well, you're scared of everything. This is the one thing on planet Earth, apparently, you're not scared of. The thing happened in a town right next to you, you are a trained espionage agent, as we've established from your Soviet days. It goes back to a long callback to a previous inside joke. Maybe you, for the first time in life, aren't anxious about something because you are fully confident there isn't really a threat to you because you are the threat. Guy, I'm not even going to answer. I'm not even going to entertain any of this, but mm. I'm just saying. It's not you a denial. Imagine... Just for the record, ladies and gentlemen, let the record reflect, Your Honor. That was not a denial. Go on. I'm just saying that I think this, I don't even believe in the real watcher. Like, I think that whole thing was a hoax. I read many stories about this, and some of them say that the, the owners did it because they wanted out of the deal. 
Yeah. So I don't know. I don't believe many people any are saying you would you would love for people to believe that. Oh yeah, the homeowners did it to themselves. It certainly wasn't a neighboring town individual who was doing this for whatever reason she might have. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think? I go there and watch hmm. houses, and yeah. I mean, when would I have time? I'm very I'm a very busy gal. Uh, are you? I mean, and and have you been for these many years? I mean, this goes back years. I just think there's some interesting circumstantial evidence i'm not making any accusations surely but i think based on this i mean talk about many people saying i think there's probably some folks now out there in the audience who have some doubts so i I, i'm glad that we had this conversation i'm glad that we talked about this show i think we may have solved a mystery here a pop culturally relevant mystery and of course it all traces back allegedly to producer christine and with that, we're out of time. So I'm sorry. I wish you could respond, but I, you know, I think we've put a bow on this one. Back here tomorrow for more of the Guy Benson Show, same time, same place. On with Kennedy tonight on the TV side in the 7 p.m. hour. FBN. See you there. Talk to you then. Have a great night. Home stretch from the Big Apple. It's the Guy Benson Show. GuyBensonShow.com. That's our website. Podcast. Always free on demand when the show is over, which it almost is. So I saw this, was it earlier today, I think in the New York Post, an item about James Corden. He's the host of the Late Late Show on CBS. I think that's the name of the show. I'm not as familiar as I once was with the late night landscape. I'm a Gutfeld man, obviously. We had him on the show today, so that's my number one choice. And my favorite of my childhood and growing up, Conan O'Brien, is now off. He sort of moved on from that whole world. But James Corden, I would see his stuff go viral on social, which was a big part of his appeal. I really liked Carpool Karaoke whenever he would do that. I think he's still on. I think it's still happening. He's stepping away after next season, I saw. And they've got Trevor Noah leaving The Daily Show. There's just like some upheaval happening in that space. But when you watch Carpool Karaoke or see clips of Corden, he's talented. He can be funny. He can sing and dance. But his whole vibe, sort of what you get off of James Corden, is fun, nice, cool guy. But evidently, I did not know this about him, he has a pretty rough, sometimes volcanic temper. And he's gotten into trouble in the past because of this. I guess he's acknowledged this in the past. And then this item in the New York Post revealed that at a restaurant here in New York City called Balthazar, the ownership, the management at the restaurant banned James Corden because he would come in and be so verbally abusive to staff, not like once he was having a bad day, but it happened multiple times, that ultimately the people in charge of the restaurant said, this person is no longer allowed to eat here. And I guess there'd be slight things that would go wrong with a meal, and he would just upbraid the server, send stuff back, raising his voice, shouting, dressing people down, very sarcastic and nasty. I think I read at one point he sort of like threw something. Just like really appalling behavior. That is so incongruous with the public image and perception that admittedly I had fully bought into. Like, it's really hard for me to picture James Corden doing this. But apparently, sometimes this is what he does. Now, evidently, after this came to light, obviously it was a very bad look for him, Corden called up the owner of the restaurant, Keith McNally, who's 71, begged for an apology, apologized profusely, And the guy who runs the restaurant said, this was in a statement, having bleeped up myself more than most people, I strongly believe in second chances. So he said he's lifting the ban. Although apparently this is not a second chance overall for Corden. It's a second chance on this type of behavior that he's done, I guess, somewhat regularly for years, just at this one particular restaurant. So when this came up in our meeting earlier, Christine, you were saying that you weren't exactly shocked by this because 
I guess you are more plugged into like the pop culture gossip, shockingly, than I am. And I gather that James Corden has had something of this reputation now kind of under the radar for a while. Yeah, there's a lot of things online um, from the past couple of years, uh, giving some instances that I'm not going to say because, you know, you can't tell if they're definitely true or not. But he is not a very nice person. I'm not that surprised because I think there are a lot of people out there. I mean, look at Ellen. She's probably the biggest example of everybody loves Ellen. Yes, she's the nicest. So nice, funny, laid back, always doing nice things for people. Surprising them. Yeah, I guess to work for, she's a living nightmare. Extremely, extremely difficult. And back in the day, I mean, people probably don't think about think this about her now, but back in the day, Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie. Before that. She's a very ugly person inside and out. Okay, it's so true. No, she was the queen of nice. That's what they called her. That talk show where she would shoot little things into the crowd and everyone would have a great time. I guess not so much. Not so much. IRL, as the kids say. I just want to say to everybody out there, Guy Benson is exactly who he is on air and off air. And I'm probably even nicer off air. You said I'm exactly the same on air and off air, but is that a good thing? <laughs> that wasn't a ringing endorsement. That was almost like a warning is what I interpreted that as. I mean, for everybody else, it's probably great, but I want everybody to know the way he is to me on air is the way he is to me off air. <laughs> I'm not that hard to work for. No, you just like to make fun of me. Well, yeah, that's part of the the shtick here. I mean, I'm wearing a nice outfit today, and the first thing you do when you see me is like, are you really going to wear that tonight? What is on your outfit? Ponies. Ponies. Pretty ponies. Yeah. Actually, this one. It's like a serial killer with her trophies. This is the same color as Carousel, just so you know. Same oh. exact color. I don't think that's a coincidence. I saw it in the window. I'm like, how could I not get a pony sweater? Ugh. So, I mean, now we're off onto the Carousel story again. If you don't know, if you're new to the program, many of you are. Right? Like we've, our audience is growing. The podcast is exploding. You might not know that producer Christine, as a child, rejected a pony that was given to her for her birthday or something like that or Christmas. She got a Christmas pony, let's just say, as a six year old or an eight year old. And she rejected it and had it killed and sent to a landfill in Staten Island. I mean, it's just like all of that is just not true. But Carousel uh, is up in the old golden corral in the sky. And here she is wearing a pony sweater into work, knowing that she's going to see me. I think that's almost a threat. <laughs> Just like almost like you're watching me. And I need to and I need to watch my step. That's the implicit concern here. Like you make fun of me too much. I might blow the whistle on you during the home stretch. Even worse, you might join Carousel wherever she may be. May God rest her soul. That's what I'm getting from this. All right, so we've now listed a few people who seem to be nice but aren't really nice. Question, do you think it was fair to leak that Corden had behaved so poorly and was banned from the restaurant? Was that too far, or is this kind of like call-out culture? If you do this kind of stuff enough, eventually someone is going to say, hey, look, I was treated very badly by this guy, and the whole brand that he's created for himself actually isn't how he treats people in real life because to me it is near a low of the low to treat wait staff poorly if you are rude to people who are helping you at a restaurant or in a hotel or what have you if you're one of those people i think that really reflects poorly on you and it also i think goes to all sorts of other like insecurities and stuff like that So I'm not sure if this was the first time he had a bad hair day and had a bunch of stuff on his mind and he just sort of snapped. I think going straight to page six and saying, look at what this guy did. I think that would be unfair. But if there's a reputation getting built over a long period of time that is being suppressed and actively countered with like the PR of how you behave in front of the lights and cameras, I think to maybe have that taken down a peg every so often is justified i think it tells a lot about a person how they treat wait staff and anyone in the service industry i used to go on like a first date and you could tell a lot about a person and how they treat the wait staff so you could see on a first date if someone's very rude i had someone i went on a date with who was very rude on a first date to our waiter and i was like no 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 
I'm not. I can tell that you will be this way for so many different things. did you see her again, or was that that? That was it. Ghosted, done. 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 See, because there's different layers of it. There's someone being nice and polite and treating wait staff and the service industry like their people. Then there's people who just sort of are fine, but they almost don't treat them like they're there. It's sort of like you're here to serve a purpose and nothing else. And then there's overt rudeness slash abuse. And it sounds like James Corden, at least in some of these circumstances, was in category three, which is not sort of the jolly, portly Englishman thing that he generally has going on on comedy TV. You were sort of defending him on this. You you felt like James Corden and Christine had kind of been wronged a little bit here. I just think that, I mean, some people just got caught on a bad day, you know? Uh, yes, but that wasn't this, right? This was, there were multiple examples of his bad behavior just at this one restaurant in the story over multiple visits. So it wasn't just a one-day mistake. I'm glad he apologized. I wonder if he would have done that without the bad PR. Now there's bad publicity, so he's going to apologize fine. Just, like, get your act together. Get your temper under control. Or don't go out to restaurants, you know, get Grubhub or something. Or learn to cook. I, I, I get it. But unlike me, Guy, not everybody's perfect. So, you know, sometimes you just have a bad day. What did you say earlier? You said that you are nice to everyone unless they make you mad. Yes. And you're also sort of a rage fountain, right? You get easily triggered, right? You've got a hair trigger temper. No, I, I, I wouldn't say that. Who says that? You. You're like, I'm a hot-tempered Italian lady. From New Jersey. Yes. Yeah, you're like, I go Jersey on people. That's what I do. I go Jersey okay, on Okay, thank you. So I'm, I'm not just making this up. I'm glad that we've come but full that's, circle. that's people that deserve it. Mm-hmm. And boy, do you. You know who you are. Was that directed at me and or your husband? Both? Directed at the people. They know who they are. Okay. Got it. Now I'm slightly terrified. And on that nervous note, I'm going to tiptoe out of here as to not anger a certain you-know-who. Back here tomorrow. Shh. He's trying to sleep. Back here tomorrow. Same time. Same place. For the Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on this Wednesday from New York. It's the Guy Benson Show. GuyBensonShow.com. Podcast always free. I'll be on Gutfeld tonight, 11 p.m. Eastern, sharp. Fox News Channel, along with that whole crew. Looking forward to it. So last night here at Fox, we had a fun little event for Fox News Radio, Fox News Audio. America is listening. And some of our partners from around the country Really, all sorts of different organizations and groups that partner with us in various capacities were all invited to the 12th floor here at Fox News headquarters, Studio J, which is this beautiful studio where America's newsroom originates, Cudlow on Fox Business, that's Hannity's studio as well. It's a really nice place. So, in fact, I did Cudlow's show yesterday. During our show, we taped a little bit. I went down there, did some live TV, and within... An hour and a half, they had transformed this space into New York's hottest club. It had everything. Sushi, open bar, microphones, YY. I mean, it had everything. And it was fun. They had music playing. They had the beverages flowing past hors d'oeuvres. It was fancy. It was a little bit glamorous, I have to say. And it was really the power of the Fox brand. All of the graphics were looking great. They had lowered the lights. It was just a spectacularly executed event. Our boss, John Sylvester, said a few words. They played a sizzle reel up on this giant screen about all the offerings of Fox News Audio, and we had a little cameo appearance in that montage, very well produced. Then Brian Kilmeade said a couple things. He was the first speaker. Then he handed the microphone off to me. I talked a little bit about the show and my background here at Fox, And then it was on to Jimmy Fallon, who did some stand-up comedy with some very interesting material. There were times that I was covering my face physically, laughing, but covering my face while laughing. And then it was back to the drinking and the eating and the carousing and all of that. So fabulous event, excellent, A-plus, tip of the cap to everyone who was a part of it and really organized it. I think we put a very strong foot forward for the Fox News Audio brand. Proud to be a part of it. Our whole team was there. 
We took some photos. There was a photographer, a red carpet, step and repeat. It was cool. I have to admit, I hadn't gone to the gym all day. I'd been up early, traveling. I really wanted to sweat it out. So I did not eat or drink at the party. And there was a lot of good stuff, and it was really hard for me to restrain myself. But I did. And then when it was over and sort of petering out and they needed, I think, the studio back for another show, I went and checked into my hotel for the first time, went to the gym, and then met a friend for a very quick dinner. What I didn't realize was the rest of the team, at least parts of the rest of our team here at the show, they were going out for some after festivities festivities, if you will. And you can guess who is leading the charge on this one, producer Christine. I know Wyatt was along for the ride. Dan, did you go or did you call it a night? I called it a night. I I was pressured into it by a certain person you're about to talk about, but I, I decided to go home. All right, so you went home. I went to the hotel, went to the gym, had dinner, and went to sleep because I was tired. Apparently, the party continued for hours, like four hours-ish after the official event ended. And I got a sense that things might be still flowing by some of the text messages I was getting in the group chat from producer Christine, including one of her and a giant oversized pretzel that she was eating. She was very proud of that. I was like, okay, they're still out. They're still having fun. I started to get bits and pieces of the story today. Apparently, there was a crew out for quite a long time. Now, Christine is angry that we're talking about this. She said she won't participate in the conversation. She is boycotting today's home stretch because she doesn't want to talk about what she did last night, which is fair. She might not remember because apparently she didn't remember several things that happened. Wyatt, you were part of this after party for a while. What happened? Um, guy, we just we just went out for a few drinks. It was just uh, a normal happy hour. We it, it wasn't an intervention like I did promise last week we were going to have the intervention about the vacuums. But yeah, this that's was just tomorrow. yeah. <laughs> this was just a, a good old just have a drink with some with your colleagues. colleagues. Yep. Yeah, and there were other people from this floor and this department all out. Uh, did you have an alcoholic beverage or two, Wyatt? I may have had one or two. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're 22, right? Yes. Okay. And. Christine is apparently wanting to get in on this, but no, she's boycotting. She's saying that Wyatt had two whole drinks. Wyatt, you also said that Christine tried a new alcoholic beverage this time because you had convinced her recently to try margaritas because she thought she hated them. Turns out she really doesn't. What did you swindle her into trying this time? Yeah, it's actually kind of amazing. Every time I come to New York, I get you to try a new new alcoholic beverage. But we What, what an influence. It's like <laughs> it's going the other way. You're getting her, although she's not hard to persuade. You're like, here's some booze. She's like, okay, glug. Yeah, I got her to try a, which is one of my favorite drinks, is a a, a dirty uh, martini. Okay. So, and and she, you, Christine, you you enjoyed it. She was enjoyed it, it vodka or was it gin? It was vodka, Yeah, yes. that would have been my guess. So then you decided to peel off around what time? I left around 10 because I wanted to get the one of the last trains back to New Jersey. So I didn't I didn't stay too too late. Uh-huh. Now was she calling it quits yet or did she keep going? All I know is that Christine was still there when I left. That's all I know. Mm, well you know more than that because there were apparently phone calls. What happened with these phone calls? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what what I'm allowed to say, what I'm not allowed to say. Oh, you're allowed to tell the truth. That's what we do on this show. You got phone calls from Christine around what time? Maybe like midnight, a mm-hmm. little earlier than that. She probably. was checking in on you, she said. Wanted to make sure you were okay. I mean, it is a long train ride back from the city to, to where I'm at in Jersey, so I, I could see it that way. A, a second phone call, was that necessary at midnight? Just making sure everyone's okay. Yeah, just like very, very responsible. The only thing that's interesting about these very responsible motherly phone calls from producer Christine to YY is when this came up at our meeting today, Christine did not remember that these phone calls happened. So, yeah. The other thing is, uh, she's boycotting, so she can't respond to any of this, but today, what did you say here on the rundown? A burnt cookie is what she's calling herself. A burnt cookie. It seems like maybe the way that you normally put yourself together, today might have been a rough morning. Is just the sense that I'm getting from, from all of this. 
You were also very upset. Christine was very upset. I posted on my Instagram, my personal Instagram. You can follow us on social here at the show, at Guy Benson Show, Twitter and Instagram. I always mention that. I'll plug my own Instagram and Twitter. It's the same handle, at Guy P. Benson. And Wyatt took a photo of me giving some of the remarks last night, so I posted that. Then you can swipe over and see another one of the four of us. We're hanging out. We all look very happy. I think it's a great photo. Christine thinks it's a terrible photo. I don't. I think it's a good photo of her. She thinks she looks, quote, wasted, which I disagree. And also, even if that's true, can one really differentiate between Christine wasted or not? I mean, who's to say? Many people are saying, I think it's a very good photo. She was objecting to this photo, apparently, but I think it was perfectly fine. And I think things kind of just went downhill from there over the course of the evening. And eventually, Christine, did you... Am I allowed to ask questions of you, or is your boycott over? It's over because Ah. it was a terrible, terrible picture of me. So don't go look at that picture and think that's what, you know, Cookie's all about. People should go to at Guy P. Benson on Instagram and look for themselves at, I think, a very good photo of the whole team. you got Dan on the right, then Wyatt with his impish little smirk standing right next to me, then yours truly towering over Wyatt and Christine, and Dan was sort of like almost sorority squatting, so he looked shorter than he is. And then and then producer Christine looking extremely happy and not yet overserved. That came not later. Yet. That came later. I think it's a good photo. You said this is a terrible photo. This is the worst photo of me. And I very helpfully disproved that quickly, didn't I? Yeah. You put another photo in there and said, this is actually a really bad photo of you. Yeah, well, not for the world to see, just for the team to see. Oh, I, thank you. I texted it to our team being like, see, this is much worse. Am I, I am I wrong? It, it was a bad picture, and our <laughs> boss of, even agreed. Yeah, Maria. We showed it to Maria today, and she's like, oh, yeah, that is a much worse picture. And she she was confused why you were upset about the photo at Guy P. Benson on Instagram. You can see of our little our little uh, radio family here. It's just it wasn't a great picture. I think it was. How bad is your headache today? You know what the scary thing is? I woke up feeling fine, just, like, tired. Really? Yeah. How many drinks do you think you had over the course of the I know evening? what I had. I don't, I know, I, you, really, I did you not were, black out. You were calling Wyatt twice, and you don't remember the phone calls, but you were counting drinks scrupulously? I had a Cosmo. Mm-hmm. I had a dirty Did you drink at the party here? Oh, right. That doesn't count. Yes, it does count. Of course it does. That was just like, it was like little, just a little wine. That just like didn't count. All right, so let's call that two. Yeah. Two glasses of wine, then a Cosmo. Uh-huh. Okay. Then a dirty martini. Okay. Oh, and then a blue moon. Okay. Oh, no, two blue moons. All right. And a lemon drop shot? One, two, three, four, oh, five, six, seven is what I'm counting. And I'm going to round up to 10. So it's 10 drinks, a few forgotten phone calls, and then a little weariness but no hangover this morning from producer Christine, and that is how we party here at the Guy Benson Show. Me at the gym, Dan asleep, Wyatt training home, and Christine dancing on bars at midnight. No, 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 no. I was not dancing on any bars. No. I'm a 41-year-old woman. Yeah, you don't want to inflame your bum hip. That could be. (laughs) The boycott is back. Just in time because we're out of time. It's the Guy Benson Show on Gutfeld tonight, 11 p.m. Eastern, Fox News Channel. Back here on the radio, also outnumbered tomorrow for me on the couch, noon Eastern, FNC, just a heads up there. Back here, same time, same place on the radio side. We will talk to you then. Have a good night. I'm in trouble. Home stretch from the Big Apple. It's the Guy Benson Show. Thanks for listening. Free podcast on demand after the show is over very shortly, GuyBensonShow.com. So last night during this part of the program, we had a discussion about Cookie's big night out on the town. After our event here at Fox on Tuesday evening, Christine was perhaps slightly overserved, partying with some of our colleagues, including some of our bosses, late into the night. And we discussed that and we tallied up her drinks which ranged between 7 and 10, we believe. She wants to say it's only 7. I'm not sure about that. 
And we talked about the phone calls that she forgot that she had placed to Wyatt and all of this stuff. And then, Christine, you were saying you were getting some notes from concerned parties. There were there were people texting, possibly calling, tweeting, tweeting mm-hmm. on at Cookies Jar nineteen eighty eight. That's your your Twitter handle, where you've got some good content. By the way, you should throw a follow to Christine. In fact, while you're thinking about it right now, at Cookies Jar nineteen eighty eight, at Guy P Benson. That's me, and then at Guy Benson Show. I'm just gonna plug the brands real quick. You had people worried about you and about some of your life choices, life decisions. Would you like to talk about some of these expressions of concern? Well, I just want to say something. I can go out once in a while. This isn't like an everyday thing. Guy, you were with me in California. Was I getting crazy every night? Every night? Guy. (laughs) No, I mean, you had a few drinks a few times, but it was nothing. No, no crazy no even at the football game you didn't really want to drink very much because you were afraid you were going to fall off the stadium well and because it's i'm trying to bring awareness to that it's a problem across the country it, it really isn't and you're also trying to learn football right have you figured out the two-point conversion yet no okay no. it's really not that hard i was talking to mary Catherine ham about it at the georgia football game last weekend and she's like that's not a hard concept she said you can talk to her maybe at the christmas party if you're still struggling she'll explain it Right. In any case. Struggling on that front. On that front. There's so many fronts where you're struggling, but talking about the two-point conversion issue, the comprehension there. So you got tweets, texts, phone calls of concern, mm-hmm. including one from who? Can I say? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm just assuming this is what she meant, but your mother texted mm-hmm. me, Guy. She did. Your mom texted me. Yeah. I'm alarmed that she has your phone number. We text a lot. We yeah. actually, we were just texting last week about how, um, well, at that point, how we can all get ourselves invited to the Christmas party. Mm-hmm. And the most recent text incoming was what? Well, she was very, very nice. She said she she thought the picture was adorable that you posted. Thank you. And she's right about that. And by the way, I got comments about it on my Instagram and DMs, people saying that you were crazy to think that was a bad photo of yourself. I posted a better version of that. Actually, I made that my profile picture on Cookies Jar 1988. Okay, on Twitter. Yeah. So, but the point is, you're wrong about that photo. It looks good of you. The people have decided, including my mother. So she started with a little butter up compliment, and then she said, "Please take it easy," mm-hmm. which led me to believe, after she heard the false tally of drinks that you added up. Well. I round it up, but I think that's a safe bet. Let's just call it seven. Seven drinks is what you listed. We went drink by drink. You listed seven of them between 6 p.m. and midnight. It's not crazy. That's a little more than one an hour. That's not totally nuts, but you're also a petite person. Yeah, but I can hold my liquor. Mm -hmm. You've had a lot of years of practice. That's true. That's true. So it's kind of, you know, there are two sides to this argument. But you're allowed to go out and, you know... Have a good time. Have a good time. And it wasn't it's just too, usually too not crazy. on a Tuesday. Right. No. And that's not usually I'm sound asleep by 930. But I just want everybody out there to know it's okay. Yeah. You, you wanted <laughs> to clarify okay. to the audience that despite the image that we portray here on the show. You portray. Oh, I don't think so. You love talking about mama's juice and Cosmos and lemon drops. and. I mean, there are, it's all delicious. But mm-hmm. I think you lead the audience to believe there might be some substance abuse issues. No, no. No one is calling you a filthy drunk here. It's just, I think, a conclusion some people have drawn from your commentary. Dan, back I'm, me up here. I mean, some are saying. Many people. That partying, Christine, is a good time. And, I mean, I'm sad I, I missed it the other night. I'm kind of having some FOMO from it. But hopefully one day, maybe at the Christmas party, I'll see it. I try to class it up at the Christmas party. Do you? By the end of the Christmas party, although you're not the only one, our Christmas party, people have a really good time, and by the end of the night, a lot of people are sort of stumbling, bumbling out to the Uber. Yeah, I did fall asleep on Maxi last year in the Uber. Like, literally? Yeah, I fell asleep on his shoulder. with My My husband was on the other side of me. (laughs) He also heard the home stretch. What did he say about it? 
So my husband actually had an event last night for work because he works in radio as well. And he had an event. And after their event, him and his team went out for drinks. Ah. So he had a late night last night. He came home. I swear we take care of Megan. <laughs> the way this is sounding, I promise you <laughs> Megan is well taken care of. You're like, you know what? Of. Maybe this clarification segment wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> So he had his version of this uh-huh. last I night. I was home, though. Yeah, I okay, was home. someone was home. No alcohol. <laughs> so there was, I was going to say a responsible adult at home, but there was an adult at home. Yes, Megan and I were home, safe, watching Real Housewives. We were good. You watched that show with your daughter? She likes it. Oh, that's a whole different conversation. And so, but anyway, Bobby came home and he was listening to the home stretch in his car ride on his Uber home. And so when he came in, I said, oh, did you have a good night? It's a little late. And he goes, yeah. And I go, did you guys go out after? He goes, yeah. He goes, but apparently I am not having as much fun with my coworkers (laughs) as you are. Apparently not. Maybe he needs more fun coworkers. Although I'm not one to talk because I didn't come along. I mean, he married his coworker. Let's not forget. That is true. Speaking about you, just yes. in case anyone was curious. Yeah, that's yes, Bobby Chris and I were coworkers here. Met at Fox News mm-hmm. Radio. And I was such a fun time. Yeah, until he then had to leave Fox. Yeah, we just didn't think it was a smart idea to have two people in the same, you know, on the same show. And I same. think working with your spouse every day, in addition to all the time that you spend with them at home, I think that would be a, a bit much for me. It was a lot. Yeah. Because we would take our fights or whatever on air, you know, off air. I mean, there'd be days we'd be walking down 7th Avenue. I'd make him walk on the other side because I just couldn't even look at his face anymore. Wow. That sounds healthy. Imagine the home stretches. (laughs) They are deranged enough. I don't think we need that. And he actually seems to take great pleasure from listening to our home stretches. Oh, he loves it. He gets a kick out of me. I told you, eventually, and other people have warned me, other hosts actually have warned me. It's going to wear off eventually. The antics you, you know. Really? <laughs> I mean, is it gonna, has it worn off? We've no. been doing this for how long? Years? <laughs> so I did see, I was going to read one comment in response to the photo, because we directed people to the photo of you on my Instagram yesterday, at Guy P. Benson. People agreed that you looked good and that you were wrong, saying that it was one of the worst photos ever and you looked wasted or whatever. No. One woman just says, so that's Christine. <laughs> Which seemed a little bit foreboding in some way. But if you want to know, that's Christine at Guy P. Benson. It's my most recent photograph. You can slide or swipe over, or you can follow at Cookies Jar 1988. And she has posted some photos from the event as well. So do you feel like you accomplished what you wanted to in this segment? No, Christine? I think I just made it worse. And now okay. Bobby's going to listen to this. Mm-hmm. And, and I just made it sound like we're terrible parents on top of drinkers. Oh. Congratulations. Uh, We're we're out of time. So the segment is over, and I found this to be a very worthwhile, edifying segment. So there. I don't even know what to say to you. Well, fortunately, you don't have to say anything because we're literally, the clock is going to cut the show off. Back here tomorrow, no longer from New York City for the Guy Benson Show, Friday edition, same time, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. Talk to you then. Have a great night. Home stretch. On this Friday on the Guy Benson Show, GuyBensonShow.com. That's the website, podcast free every day on demand, including bonus Benson on the weekends. If you're listening on the broadcast, the bumper song that we just came in with is new from Taylor Swift. Midnight's, I think, is the name of the album. Came out last night at midnight, I think. And I see all the Swifties in my social media feeds losing their minds over it. So... We had a bit of a drive earlier today, Adam and I, so we put on the album and listened to it. And, eh, that's sort of my reaction, sorry. I know the Swift fans are going to be mad at me, and boy, do they get mad sometimes. You criticize the queen of their beehive, and they just go crazy. You criticize Tay, and uh, they get a bit irked. I don't dislike the whole album. In fact, the song that we just played, I think, is called Antihero. That was probably my favorite one of the bunch. Good chorus. Catchy. The rest of them just weren't catchy. Maybe the lyrics are good and meaningful and everyone's, like, crying about how beautiful or whatever. Most of the songs sounded almost exactly the same to me. Similar vibe. Perfectly pleasant in the background, but not like a banger that I want to sing along to. 
And the Swift stuff that I like the most falls into that category. Like, I think her all-time best song is Trouble. I love that song. And nothing comes close on this album to that. In my opinion, maybe you love the record. Again, Antihero I thought was fine. There was another one called Karma that I kind of liked. But overall, it's sort of like a, a shrug for me. It's fine. Christine, have you heard any of it? I actually have, and I just want to put it out there to the audience. Any and all hate uh, directed at Guy, please go to Guy P. Benson at Twitter, not Cookies Jar 1988. I am a fan of Taylor Swift, always have been, always will be, and she could do no wrong. So you're loving the album is what you're saying? I just don't want the hate. Okay, <laughs> I'm just starting out on Twitter. All right, so that's uh, <laughs> very, very courageous of you. Right, it's a real profile and courage there, saying, please don't hate me. No comment on the album. Dan, you're a music guy. Any thoughts? Um, I kind of like it. It's it's not my thing. It has a lot of Haim vibes, that band, the Three Sisters, um, a lot of like harmonies and things like that. But the whole album together kind of has one sound. It's just like a vibey sound. Yeah, it's like a vibey droning. sound. Yeah. It's fine. Like it's To me, it's fine. So the reason that I was in the car for a while with the opportunity to listen to the music is because we were driving to Rehoboth Beach, which is where the president has arrived for the weekend. He loves spending his time out here. He spends an awful lot of it out here. I saw a report, was it one out of every four days, more than one in four days of his presidency he has spent in Delaware? And he's got a beach house or two right around here, I think. And I did the most Biden thing ever. I took the train to Delaware, and then Adam picked me up. And the good news was the train was totally on time, very efficient, got there actually faster than I was expecting. And this was rather different, apparently, than the experience Quiet Wyatt has been having on the rails recently. And in our planning call meeting earlier, Christine was begging us not to do yet another home stretch about her drinking. And so Wyatt then chimed in and started complaining about how his train schedule recently has been pretty ugly and not terribly punctual and Wyatt kind of wanted a platform to go off and he rarely goes off at all so we figured we would give him an opportunity when quiet Wyatt really wants to speak up about something we listen so Wyatt in a nutshell why are you so annoyed it has been not fun these past few days of traveling um coming back from from DC we're going to D uh coming from DC to New York last week when we were all together Last Friday, my train was delayed on Amtrak for over three and a half hours. Oof. And that was where it just started. And then next well, last week when, when I was in New York and going back from New Jersey into New York, my New Jersey transit train got stuck on the, on the rails and we had to evacuate the train and get onto another one. I literally had to get off the train and hop on to the other side of the tracks to another train. And that took about an hour and a half extra for everyone on the train to get onto the train that was working. And then last night, I had an, about another 45-minute delay out of New York to come back to D.C., so it has not been very fun. Huh. Now, the one that was delayed three and a half hours, like, that's the length of the whole ride, basically. I feel like they should owe you something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I came this close to tweeting. I know a lot of people, whenever they have travel problems, <laughs> they like to tweet it out, and I try and keep my social media feeds very, you know, neutral and not but, I, I mean, I was very close to going off on, on Twitter, but I, I kept my composure, and I decided not to do that. But I sent a pretty nasty email to the oh. customer service line. Oh, because, boy. I mean, I, when, when you're delayed that long and it screws up your whole night, I, you know, had a vent somewhere. Oh, yeah, you don't want to mess with War Wyatt. And it sounds like you were on the war path. Was it very sternly warded? I bet you it was actually very polite. And you said something like, I am deeply chagrined by this situation. Please rectify. Thank you and good day. And then you sent it with, like, you know, a, a satisfied look on your face. That's going to get him. No, I mean, it was, I was pretty <laughs> mad. Like, I, I, I'm not, I, this whole summer when I was going home back and forth from D.C. to Jersey for the summer to go to the beach, every time, I mean, the late night trains back into Jersey was always an hour delay. So I, this has been a trend, and you and I just was 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 not having it last last Friday. You know, Wyatt. Maybe in the future, 
you should not take the train, and instead you should take... The wheels on the bus go round and round. The wheels on the bus go all through the town. (laughs) That's just not going to get old, I don't think. We played it several times. The context, if you're missing it, as we mentioned previously... Kamala Harris was asked about the Inflation Reduction Act and what her favorite part was. And it took her a while to think of something. She just loved it. Of course, she can't say the reduction of inflation is her favorite part because there really is none in the bill. But she said electric school buses. She's very passionate and excited about electric school buses. And then she laughed, of course, because that's what she does. And then we uh, whipped that up real quick. Christine, have you ever seen or witnessed Wyatt angry like this? No, I'm I'm pretty impressed. I would like to see the uh, email. But so do I. I'm I f- actually curious. I kind of feel like he's been around me long enough that he would know how to go Jersey on someone if he really. What would What would my email? You did his email. What would my email to uh, the you, uh, Amtrak people be? Do you know how to use email though? Oh my gosh! I feel like you would handwrite just- a letter in cursive. And send it and send it out and just like try to like put some breadcrumbs on the ground so a pigeon might come and pick up the letter and send it somewhere and flap off away and deliver it to the right spot. That's your primary means of communication. Um, you understand I'm your producer, right? I also like, I'm your think f- executive producer. You are. That is <laughs> that is what you do. That's the title here. I feel like you might not send an email. I feel like you would have gone straight to someone. Oh yeah. And started sort of badgering them. The other thing is you would not send an email. You would send <laughs> a dozen emails until you sort of broke them. You would email and call and harass them into submission and they would give you something. They probably wouldn't give you a free ticket or a refund, but they might give you like a $10 coupon, like a voucher for the cafe car, which does include a bar, by the way. So that might be enough. That might be satisfactory. See, we've brought it back to your drinking Anyway, was able to just work it in at the very, very end because we are up on a break, the last break of the week. Back here on Monday for the Guy Benson Show from D.C. next week. Looking forward to being home. In the meantime, though, have a great weekend. Check out Bonus Benson, and we will talk to you next week. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.